Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 153 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Ashley. Steph. And Nate. And we have an awesome episode coming up for you guys. We are recording this on the night of the Met Gala, so we'll be talking about that later in our main discussion. And as we are recording this, it is May 2nd, and I want to ask you guys, May 5th is a very significant date in the Taylor world, and May 5th is right around the time that this episode will be released. Do you know why it's such a significant date? Cinco de Mayo! <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Heck yeah, I'm excited. That's not actually why. <laughs> but in the Taylor world... Not in the calendar world. She might celebrate. I'm not sure. Well, in the Taylor world, it's very important because one year ago on May 5th is when the 1989 World Tour kicked off in Tokyo. That is correct. Can you believe it has been a year since the tour started? Started and over. It's done. (laughs) Oh, man. That's crazy. It feels like yesterday we were sitting up at probably four in the morning watching the tour and it felt like I was still asleep and I remember hearing Enchanted and thinking yeah I'm definitely not (laughs) awake right now yeah (laughs) I have never felt physically worse than I did after (laughs) staying up for that show like I felt like I had a hangover for almost an entire week (laughs) hashtag swift hangover it was but while I was up watching the updates and watching clips I really I felt very disoriented. I didn't know what was going on. People were like, she's doing Shake It Off, and it was like the middle of the show, and that wasn't true, but I thought that it was, which made no sense, and (laughs) that was confusing. And then, like you said, she pulled out Enchanted. I was like, this is definitely a dream. Very, very odd. (laughs) Just very odd. It was all kind of blurry. It was, and then the next day, I couldn't even like piece together what actually happened versus what didn't and i was like did she like come out in like some sort of like rock performance of we're never like did that happen was that the dream it was all very confusing and that was the first time that we were introduced to the awesome bracelets that everybody came to love Mm. right and i remember thinking i really hope we have those bracelets here too yeah because i guess it was a a thing in japan before wasn't it i mean a lot of those shows over there So we didn't know whether it was just for Japan or whether it was for the actual tour. Exactly. But luckily it was because I know that that's one of the most iconic things that people remember about the tour. Oh, absolutely. Literally uh, in Tampa, I had 10 of those wristbands on and I'd replaced all the batteries too, like intricate battery replacement (laughs) on these things. And the guy was almost reluctant to give me a new bracelet. He's like, where'd you get all those? I'm like, all the other shows I've been to. He's like, mm. I'm, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, give me my bracelet. My favorite game was at the end of each show, walking around the arena bleachers, trying to pick up any unused bracelets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, for Japan, too, I didn't look at anything. My first show that I went to was uh, June 2nd, I want to say. Correct. Which was go. in, yeah. And I've been corrected many a time on how to say it. Louisville? You're right. Yes, correct. So shout out to the Louisville fans uh, on the show. Anyway, so my first show was then. I waited that entire month. I didn't see, I saw a little bit just through doing these episodes and then, you know, a couple pictures here and there, but that was it. Anyway, well, well worth the wait. I'm glad I didn't spoil anything from Japan. Yeah, I 
I wish I had waited. And I had not even as long of a wait as you. I only would have had to wait like two weeks and I couldn't do it. <laughs> Literally until the next show. But even we even had Rock and Rio. We didn't go to Rock and Rio and Oh true. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's true. It was it seemed like a very big obstacle. Mm-hmm. Right. It, there was no way to avoid seeing spoilers unless you didn't get on any form of social media. Which is kind of what I did. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to see anything. I was just re- sort of reflecting about all my shows that I've been to with Taylor. And one of my favorites is the first Red Tour show that I went to just because it was the first show. There was no way to be spoiled. And it was the only time I've ever been to a show where I was completely surprised and I really wish I could experience that again. Well, one exciting thing is that when Taylor performs in Austin this fall, it will, or at least should, be a surprise because nobody knows what she's doing. They better have that sound check on lockdown because I don't want to know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Even if she performed the entire 1989 tour over again, I would be okay with that. I don't care what she does. I think either way, I'm going to be happy. Whether it's new, whether it's, you know, rehashed, anything. Right. It will have been a year since Taylor has performed a concert in the U.S. Isn't that crazy? Oh, man. It's already been six months. I make it a personal goal of mine since joining this pandem to see Taylor at least once a year in some type of medium. I'm glad that she's having something this year. If I really don't see her all the way up until that show, I think that will be the longest stretch of time that I've ever not seen her. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's always been something, even between eras, some performance that she's had. I guess between Speak Now and Red, it was kind of long, but six months seems very far until Austin. But on the other hand, it kind of feels like six months have flown by since Tampa, so maybe we'll survive. (laughs) Well, comparatively, we're very lucky. Our international listeners, I'm sure, have waited much longer stretches than we have. It's very unpredictable, mostly for them, to even try and guess when she might come back. Right, that would be really difficult. i definitely give them a lot of props, because I probably would just fly over here, which would be very expensive, and I would not have any money, ever. Yeah, we're very lucky that we can at least always kind of guess a ballpark of events that she'll have, but international shows are really unpredictable. Well, even when Taylor was planning the 1989 tour at the beginning, she didn't have Tokyo planned, and then it just kind of happened. And fans there were the last Red Show, so they had the last Red Show, and then they had the first 1989, so they have just a really long time. That's got to be rough. It'll be interesting to see what Taylor ends up doing next year. With uh, the looming break and and everything going on, basically. On the one hand, I feel like we've talked the subject to death, but on the other hand, I change my opinion on it so constantly. Oh, how so? I don't know. It just seems like with everything that she does, like one week I'll look at, you know, recent stuff she said and been like, oh, she's definitely not putting anything out. And then the Vogue article came out where she's like, oh, I might go in the studio tomorrow. And all of a sudden the album's half done. But then, even for example, this week... Calvin mentioned in an interview that she's on a break. So there's just a lot of confusing information out there right now. Right. You have Calvin was promoting his new single, which some people speculate might be about Taylor. It's called This Is What You Came Here For. But um, he said Taylor is about to go on a long break. 
But then, like Ashley said, you have the Vogue article where not only did Taylor say she could pick up and have half the album done quickly, but Lord also said Taylor will take a break for maybe two months and then she's going to be bored and go back to working. So it is confusing. And Taylor has things planned for the end of the year, which makes it seem more likely that there would be new musics in some way. So I don't know. It's tough to tell. But those memories of the beginning of the 1989 World Tour are awesome. And looking back, it's been a year and we were happy that we were there to experience it all. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. But let's go back and look at some of her older tweets from previous years from late April and early May. We have some good ones this week. I like these. The first one, I'm pretty sure was assigned to me last year because I'm pretty sure I said the same thing I'm about to say now which is that on April 28th 2009 Taylor tweeted on the way to Britney's which is Britney Spears concert in Chicago (laughs) I was also at that concert and every year I will read this tweet and every year I will say what how (laughs) I still haven't wrapped my mind around this Here's a question for you. At this point in time, were you on Twitter or did you know about Twitter or did you know that Taylor had Twitter or anything like that? I was not on Twitter because I joined Twitter during the Speak Now tour, which was 2011. I must have followed her on Facebook, but I feel like maybe at this time, like her tweets didn't get shared to Facebook like they do now. And there wasn't Instagram or anything else. It was really just Twitter and Facebook. So I never saw this tweet until years later, even after I joined Twitter. I didn't see it till just a few years ago. That's terrible. But I'm sure even 2009 Taylor was in a very exclusive VIP area that I would have been nowhere near. Yeah, it's just funny. It's funny to think about the world without Instagram and Twitter updates all the time. (laughs) Right, because now you know everybody's whereabouts all the time instantly and... Well, yeah, even if I had been on Twitter, I didn't have an iPhone then. I think I had a Blackberry or something. Like, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have had self-reception, wouldn't have known. And now, you know, you get people's updates sent to your phone. And if I didn't, 50,000 different people all would have texted me that she was there. Mm -hmm. It was just a different time back then. And it really was not that long ago, which is even more scary. It wasn't that long ago, but in terms of... Taylor's career it was an eternity ago. It really was. It was three, t- or depending how you look at it, almost four eras ago. Yeah. Wow. Well, this next one was one of my favorite things ever. From April 26th of 2010, Taylor tweeted, So we might have flown to Alabama for a surprise show today. One of those unforgettable days. Thank you, Auburn. And this was when these Two students from Auburn. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Wasn't it the greatest thing ever? It is. Seriously. I talked to these guys a little bit on Twitter. They're actually really cool. They're fun. They came up with this idea to do a hug from Taylor Swift. Like we said, it was a different time back then in 2010, Mm -hmm. but they got a lot of attention. This is really when social media was really starting to explode as well. So that was what was interesting. Right. And Taylor caught wind of it and she issued these challenges to these two guys and, for example, used the number 13 in a creative way. So they were doing all kinds of things, helping people cross the street and 
they flew a, a plane over a formation of the number 13. It was just crazy. And her final challenge was to get everybody together to do karaoke. And then, of course, she shows up. It was just such a cool thing. If you haven't seen the videos, go look them up. A hug from Taylor Swift. Just Google that. That'll come right up. It's a three-part thing, right? If I'm not mistaken, because she sent out three things. Right. Yeah, that was really cool. If only she would still do that now, things like that. She kind of does, but... That would be madness. Just like surprise concert, boom. (laughs) I'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) And when she showed up, she even made her own custom shirt to match theirs. Oh, it was so cute. Yeah, that was cool. I feel like it'd be really hard for her to pull off a surprise concert nowadays. Oh yeah, it would. (laughs) That's kind of, I guess, the problem with how things have changed over the years with social media. That it's very hard for anyone either just to have privacy or to like like you said pull off a surprise or you know avoid spoilers whether it's like for a tv show or avoid music leaking it just seems like there's no possible way exactly we were all up watching the tokyo show like we said except nate i guess but (laughs) (laughs) even when you think about the shake it off music video the lengths that taylor had to go to avoid spoilers with having white noise machines everywhere and being pretty much on lockdown. It is very difficult in today's age. It's actually amazing that she shot that video in June or July and kept it under wraps for almost two months and we had no idea. Yeah, she's good at it. It is very difficult today. This next tweet is really funny too. It is literally from the next day, uh, April 27, 2010, and Taylor tweets, I'm pretty sure all of the woodland creatures of Hendersonville had a meeting and decided tonight they would all run out in front of my car. Thankfully, my cat-like reflexes and contact lenses prevented any fatalities. (laughs) I wonder if this tweet inspired the woodland creatures of the We Are Never video. It very well might have. (laughs) Our next one comes from April 29th, 2012. Taylor tweeted, The most magical night at Diana Agron's circus-themed birthday party. And it was an Instagram post, and it was a picture of all of the ladies that were there dressed up in some funny costumes. Taylor is wearing cat or tiger ears and is dressed up like a cat or a tiger. And it's just interesting to see how this tweet was four years ago in 2012. And, you know, there was a bunch of girls in this photo and how it has changed because now you see her photos from... 2014 and 2015 and now she's hanging out with Gigi Hadid and the Heim sisters and a bunch of other people and kind of just how the the squad if you will has changed yeah I don't want to say the squad's evolved because I'm sure she's still friends with all of these people but yeah yeah her social circles definitely look a lot different than they did she just keeps expanding it that's true and that's what it is yeah everyone is pro Taylor now our next tweet is from about a year later, on April 24th, 2013, and going on the theme of things changing, just this screenshot reminds me of what the iPhones used to look like, which is funny. But it's a screenshot that Taylor posted of t- a text between her and her brother, where she said, I just realized that every two months I begin resenting the me I was two months ago and thinking she knew nothing about life. And then Austin replied, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds like you might be in your early 20s. Oh, that was such a great tweet. But look how different even the iPhone screenshot looks. 
It does look a lot different. Doesn't this look like an ancient device now? <laughs> this is still what I think of when I think iPhones. Just funny. All these tweets tonight seem extra dated. Much like this next one. <laughs> yeah, this next one also includes a screenshot, and it's one of my favorite tweets. I keep saying that, but she has so many good ones. This one's from April 30th of 2013, and Taylor tweeted, It feels like one of those nights I Google nature-related questions. And the screenshot was a Google search with the search bar says, Where do frogs go in the winter? And it's just classic Taylor. It's funny. Well, our next one, funnily enough, another animal-related tweet. This comes from April 25th, 2015, and Taylor tweets, Living with Roosters, a documentary. And she posts an Instagram video of, it's actually really funny, Taylor is laying in bed, snoozing, and all you hear are cats meowing. Not sure who, Meredith, Olivia, but they are meowing extremely loudly, sounding exactly like roosters. (laughs) And that week, Taylor was really on an animal kick because she tweeted about animals again two days later on April 27th, 2015. She simply tweeted, sheep are rude, and it was a link to an Instagram picture, or I'm sorry, an Instagram video, and Taylor is talking to these sheep, and they're having none of it, and then I think they finally just get bored and walk away from her, and so she just thought that they were impossible to reason with and rude. And this was when she was on her retreat with all the dancers right before tours started. Right, they were doing final rehearsals in Pennsylvania. Is that where they did those? I had no idea. Yeah, it was at in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, no kidding. Hmm. It seems like an odd place for it. Yeah, there's a special facility there where a lot of artists go to rehearse. Hmm. And I just want to say that after almost a year of searching for it, I finally own the sweater that she's wearing in this picture. Do you really? I finally found it. It's her orange sweater that says, I want to live on an island. Cool. I got it on eBay all the way from the UK. It's a good sweater. Wild Fox is the brand. I love when she wears Wild Fox. Well, stay tuned for next week's episode when I'm sure there'll be some older tweets about the beginning of the 1989 World Tour, and that will be exciting. But for now, let's move on to our new segment, Keeping Up with Swift. The first piece of news is pretty exciting. I think I was just talking about how I wanted this to happen. Some of the 1989 tour costumes are on display at the Education Center, and the General Museum at the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville. We were literally just there. We just missed these. There. I know. They couldn't have, like, sped it up a little bit. I know. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. We were there, what, in February? That's the rule. Oh, man. I thought I was done spending money there. I guess not. Just two weeks ago, I was walking down Taylor Street in New York City, and then yesterday, there she is back there after, like, a year. <laughs> That is always how it goes. I'm excited, though. Do we know which um, which tour costumes they're putting there? Seems like a lot of them. I know the uh, Welcome to New York jacket is there. Cool. I saw mm-hmm. the style silver sparkly, or the original style bodysuit. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember seeing any others? I saw the How You Get the Girl pink dress. Oh, wow. The most important and iconic dress. Mm-hmm. That would be cool to see. Yeah, and I really kind of wish they would have done something like they did for the Speak Now exhibit at the Hall of Fame. But I guess they probably wouldn't do that. But that was a cool thing to see 
in person because they had everything from the Speak Now tour. Oh, wow. Well, I know there's not a lot of space there. Did they get rid of the Red Tour stuff that we had just seen? I don't know. That's a good question. The thing is, if you guys haven't visited, all of Taylor's stuff lately has sort of been scattered and spread out throughout the museum instead of just like in a Taylor exhibit. So it's hard to say. Hmm. I'm wondering if they're going to at any point update the picture on the wall, the big picture of the education center. I love that picture, though. But yeah, they may. I think they should. I mean, she evolved so much. I also wonder how many years it's going to take them to update her wax figure. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like one or two eras behind. (laughs) It really is. Right. Just a new one was actually just recently unveiled. And now that hair is already gone. (laughs) Well, during the summer, Coke always does some fun promotions, whether it's the share Coke with and you can find names like Taylor and Austin, anybody else. But this summer, Coke has been putting song lyrics on its cans and bottles. And some of Taylor's song lyrics are actually featured, including lyrics from Style, which is cool. And I think there are a few others. I can't remember exactly which songs, though. I need to buy these, all of these. Yeah, it's a pretty cool campaign by Coke, There are approximately 70 songs in total that are used in the promotion, uh, including Taylor Swift's You Belong With Me, Faith Hill's The Way You Love Me, Willie Nelson's Always On My Mind, and even current songs like Charlie Puth's One Call Away, and even something as odd as the baseball song Take Me Out to the Ball Game, the lyrics are on (laughs) some of the cans and bottles. That's cool. I like that. Very diverse. I wonder if there are people, I'm sure there are, that are just general collectors of Coke bottles who just have every special edition Coke bottle. Yes, there are. I'm sure there are. I feel like that would be really cool to see from all the years of everything they've had. Yeah, somebody's collection. Coca-Cola is one of the most collected brands in the entire world. I know it is, but I was just thinking, like, I wonder if there's somebody who has all of the names from when they did that and, like, every... I don't know. It just seems like it would be a lot. I remember running Mm -hmm. around trying to find all the specific names when they started doing that. Hey, a lot of people out there are rich and bored. (laughs) 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 They will get whatever they want. I like how they're using vintage Taylor songs. You belong with me. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, they need to do our song, Tim McGraw. Heck yeah, they do. Picture to burn. (laughs) Our next little bit of news here. Taylor was seen, uh, she attended... Gigi Hadid's 21st birthday party, along with Haim, Austin, and Lily Aldridge. Yeah, there were some fun selfies that came out of that party. It's always fun to see when celebrities host parties and, you know, the pictures that come from those. I really liked the black and white photos, though, that Taylor posted from this party. They were cute. And our final piece of news is that Taylor won three Radio Disney Awards this past weekend. Song of the Year for Bad Blood. Best Breakup Song for Bad Blood, and Most Talked About Artist. Definitely deserving of all three of those. And we do have a short calendar segment this week. Uh, Of course, there's no tour or anything big coming up, but it's always good to have a couple things on the calendar that Taylor will either be at or is involved with. And the first item is that on May 10th at the 64th Annual BMI Pop Awards in Beverly Hills, They are going to present the first ever Taylor Swift Award, which is the award that 
they just recently announced that they named after Taylor. They've only ever done this twice. They had the Michael Jackson Award, which was given to Michael Jackson, and now they have the Taylor Swift Award, which will be given to Taylor. So despite Taylor saying that she wasn't planning to go to award shows for a long time, <laughs> I think that she'll probably show up for this. This seems planned. Hmm. <laughs> well, it seems to me like Taylor saying, I'm not going to go to a lot of award shows is the cue for these award shows to just like try and come up with the most crazy things that they can to lure her to their award shows. Exactly. Because on May 22nd, Taylor is nominated for eight awards for the Billboard Music Awards when she hasn't had a new album since 2014. But she's up for eight awards, and those will be broadcast live at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC, and they take place in Las Vegas. Hmm. So we'll see if Taylor goes to that. Well, people want what they can't have. <laughs> it's true. Well, Taylor was out and about quite a bit this past week, and we do have a lot of fashion updates for you guys, so Nate will take the first one. Okay, our first bit of fashion. Taylor was seen attending Coachella slash celebrating Gigi Hadid's birthday. Um, this is on April 24th, and Taylor was seen wearing an Asilio Domino Effect top, and that cost $89.98. She was also seen wearing a Nasty Gal lace-up for what plunging bodysuit. That one runs for $58. And I think that's what she was wearing underneath the domino effect top. On April 28th, Taylor was seen out and about. I believe she was seen first with Lily Aldridge and then later in the day with Kelsey Ballerini. And she was wearing Eve's St. Laurent Classic Court Metallic and Leather Star Sneakers. And those are $645. She was carrying a Rebecca Minkoff Mara saddlebag, $295. She was wearing Ray-Ban Original Wayfarer Bicolor in Tortoise Shades, which are $150. And she got a necklace called the Giving Keys Raw Copper Dainty XL Necklace. And that is $55. And I believe you can pre-order it now. I was very excited to see that necklace. She's worn Giving Keys necklaces in the past, not for a long time. And when she was photographed with Kelsey, they were both wearing matching Giving Key necklaces. And the Giving Key posted that these necklaces, because each one, the key has a certain word on it or phrase or something like that. So the ones that they were wearing said Inspire, which I thought was cool. Well, and I think the proceeds from this go to charitable causes yeah the whole company in general was started by employing people that needed help and needed jobs and some of them were homeless and overall i think they give a lot of their profits back into helping people in la and in other places i don't know about you guys i really like this i know it's really toned down and just really simplistic but i really like the contrast here I think she looks good. This was, and this isn't saying much, my favorite outfit of hers of the week. Hmm. Well, the black, the white, the bleach hair, I think it all looks good, plus the shades. I don't know, just it overall, I think it comes together really well. Yeah, I really liked it. I haven't liked many of the things she's worn recently, so if she dressed like this every day, I would like that. You know, she's been wearing so much black lately, and I'm fine with her wearing all black. Black looks good on her. It does. I just haven't liked some of the more unusual garments <laughs> she's been trying 
<laughs> but this, I mean, I really liked it. And so I guess I kind of have mixed feelings about this next outfit. This was on April 28th when she was leaving Il Piccolini, which was where Gigi's party was. And she had on a dress from the brand Haney called the Blanca dress. It's $4,600 and it's a one-shouldered asymmetrical dress and it's short in the front and long in the back and it's black with like a multicolored sequin pattern. What did you guys think of it? In a way, it reminded me of the old days when Taylor wore sparkly dresses, but then the way that it's cut makes it look edgy, like the new era. It was sort of confusing to me, but I liked it. I think Taylor looks best when she keeps it simple and doesn't try to do a whole lot. You know, some unusual choices are fun and they're they're cool. They're interesting. I just, I don't know. I prefer uh, a more simple Taylor. There were some photos of her in this outfit that I really liked and some that I didn't. So I agree with what both of you said. And I'm not sure exactly what to think other than the fact that I can't believe it's almost $5,000. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It looks like you could have just taken like a big sheet of sparkly fabric and like cut it on a diagonal and been good to go. (laughs) Oh no. Well, I mean, the outfit as a whole, you can round to $7,000. So it's like, oof. Yeah. Her boots that she wore in this were Vediments leather platform boots, which are $990. Well, then on April 30th, Taylor was back in New York City. She was heading to a pre-Met Gala dinner in the city, and she wore an Alexander Wang boyfriend bomber jacket with net, which is $950, but is sold out. And then underneath her jacket, she had on the Billy Joel original 1978 North American Tour t-shirt, which is $119 on eBay. It's only available in size extra large. And then she was wearing ripped skinny jeans in black from the brand Frame. And those are $199. And then she wore Golden Goose's superstar distressed leather paneled sneakers, which are $575. One thing I thought about this outfit was seeing that Billy Joel 1978 tour t-shirt. It just made me think of, well, 1978 was 38 years ago. And imagine 38 years from now. So it will be the year 2054. Will we be seeing any Taylor Swift Fearless Tour or Speak Now Tour (laughs) shirts around? Vintage tees. (laughs) I'll be almost dead. My God. <laughs> what a great thought. <laughs> I have so many Taylor shirts that I'm sure that I'll be wearing them for the rest of my life. Oh, I know I will be. Absolutely. <laughs> I also kind of wondered where she got that shirt, if it belonged to her parents or <laughs> I wonder, yeah. Where she came across it from. That is actually really cool. I like that she wore that. Or next piece of fashion news, again, another uh, black Taylor outfit. She was seen leaving the Up and Down Club in New York City. This is on April 30th. And she was seen wearing an Yves Saint Laurent lace-up leather ankle boots. They were $705. And she paired that with a Haney Curry jumpsuit, which goes for $2,100. All black, all lace, all the time. Our next one comes from May 1st, when she was out and about in New York. She was wearing frame, lace skinny, day jean jeans in Honeywood, 
$219. Her shoes were Keds Kickstart Sneakers in white, $50. She was wearing an Amuse Society Bad Habits Pocket Tee in Casablanca, $38. And I really liked her sunglasses. They were cool looking. And they were Local Supply Freeway Two C's Sunglasses, which are $85. This was an interesting outfit. I noticed that her jeans are more of the... Not whitewash, but they're not a dark jean color. And this sort of color wasn't hasn't really been popular in recent years. It's more of, I feel like, early 2000s, maybe even 90s popular color. I feel like Taylor's trying to go kind of 90s grunge sort of a style. It is kind of what it looks like. I'd agree with that. The flannel, the ripped. I can see that. Yeah, the wash of the jeans just reminded me of the 90s for some reason. But she's wearing Keds again. She hasn't worn Keds in a while. This next outfit, I'm not sure what I think of it. It's from May 1st also. It was when she was heading out in New York City. And she had the dress and the boots were both from Louis Vuitton. And they're not available for purchase. And her bag was the Mark Cross Grace Small Leather Box Bag, which is $2,195. And so back to this dress... It's a plaid dress. It's long below her knee. It's, again, like the earlier one, sort of an asymmetrical diagonal cut. It almost looks like a dress that 2008 Taylor would have worn, but, like, with an odd spin on it. Plaid. It kind of looks like one of the, not sundresses, but, like, casual dresses that she would wear or that line of dresses that she put out or kind of like that, but not. Yeah, it does. It's a pretty simple sundress, you know, like a, what do they call that, a spaghetti strap? Isn't that what that's called? I guess if this this dress could have been put with cowboy boots and curly hair, it would have been 2007 <laughs> Taylor. But because it's with black high-heeled boots and short bleached hair, it's just like a weird hybrid for me. It looks different, yeah. This dress also reminded me of the 90s. I don't know why. Yeah, and that's interesting because... This is from Louis Vuitton, and we're about to talk about the Met Gala in a minute, but they also made her Met Gala outfit, and a lot of the people dress for this fashion in the age of technology theme for this year kind of looked like they came from the 90s. Yeah, you're right. They did. So maybe this whole thing is just a way of Taylor following the fashion trends and being a little more high fashion than we've seen her in the past. Yeah, maybe she's bringing back the 90s. Maybe her sound will be like Nirvana or Atlantis Morissette. I don't know. If she's in a happy relationship, I don't see Atlantis Morissette, you know? I don't know. I don't know. She's a big fan of Atlantis, so she... Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I really like Who Doesn't, right? I just can see her going more rocky, grungy with this look. I have said before, I do like Rock Taylor. I've always appreciated that when she does that more rocky kind of stuff. The thing that's confusing me is, you know, she can pull off pretty much any look she wants. She can. She sounds great singing in the rock style. We're never the rock version. It was one of my favorite tour performances from Mm -hmm. all her tours. But the thing that's confusing me is that the Taylor that we know and love can't act rock and roll and edgy. That's just not her. And so I just can't imagine her doing interviews and meeting fans and going about her day-to-day life, because obviously who she is as a person is still the same. So to me, there's like a disconnect between her 
personality and this look. Yeah, I think she'll still be the same in interviews and with fans and everything. Just The perceptions might change. Yeah. I think we've said it before in an episode last week or maybe a few before that, but Taylor will still be same old Taylor in interviews. She's just trying this new style. And I'm just guessing that it will line up with any music that may come out now or in the future. Well, as always, thanks to Tay Swift Style for all the information on these outfits. And you can find out more about the outfits and see all the pictures at TaySwiftStyle.com. For our main discussion today, we wanted to talk about the Met Gala and about her outfit this year and also about her outfits from the past years because this is actually the sixth year that she has attended the Met Gala. And amongst our hosts here the other day, we were actually discussing what is the Met Gala because we weren't really 100% sure. So to give you guys a little background, and I'm reading this straight off line, here is a little bit about what it's about. The Met Gala, formerly called the Costume Institute Gala, and also known as the Met Ball, is an annual fundraising gala for the benefit of the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute in New York City, and it marks the grand opening of the Costume Institute's annual fashion exhibit. And each year's event celebrates the theme of that year's Costume Institute exhibition. And the exhibition sets the tone for the formal dress of the night, since guests are expected to choose their fashion to match the theme of the exhibit. And each year, the event also has honorary celebrity event day chairpersons. This year's theme was fashion in the age of technology. And let me tell you first about Taylor's outfit and her jewelry, and then... I don't know, maybe Ashley or Steph, you can give a description of the dress because I don't know if I'm any good at that. But (laughs) she was wearing a Louis Vuitton custom dress and also Louis Vuitton sandals. And then she was wearing a bunch of different earrings and rings, including an Eva Farron gray diamond crack ring, an Eva Farron snake ring, an Eva Farron black diamond ear cuff, a Borgioni hinged white diamond ring, and also Mattia Cielo Gaccio earrings. So what did you guys think about her dress, and how would you explain it? She looks like a robot. (laughs) (laughs) She's not carrying a sword. (laughs) Yeah, where's the sword? What the heck? Yeah, she said she was going as a robot with a sword. Maybe she wasn't allowed to bring weapons in. (laughs) Well, the dress is silvery and metallic, and it flares out at the bottom, sort of tiered in a way. And then on the waist, it's sort of got like a line with cutouts. And then on the back, there's an actual cutout. And if you look at it from the back, it looks like a crop top and skirt combo, if you see just a photo of her back. But then when you see the front, you realize it's not a crop top and skirt, because it's connected. And... Ashley found a funny tweet that compared her dress to a Hershey kiss just because of the way it flares out at the bottom and it's silver and metallic. But I think she did a good job of aligning her outfit with the theme. I think it's probably tough to match your outfit for a a gala where you're wearing gowns to especially a theme like this. 
because generally when you think of a gala event, you think of a very formal, very elegant kind of style. But here with this particular theme, you need an outfit that goes with it. You can't show up in a ball gown, really. And I do have to say for this theme and this type of dress, I think that her new hair and new lipstick go with it better than her old style would have. Right. She's been wearing some very dark lipstick. We haven't been seeing too many red lips anymore. But with this outfit, the dark lipstick worked well. And I just want to note about the dress. It looks like robot snakeskin. <laughs> That's a good comparison. <laughs> I think it's exactly what it looks like, snakeskin, but very silvery and just not even silver, just metal, just metallic. Yeah, I like it. I think it was sharp and I think it was, you know, a little bit edgy, which some of her outfits have become over the past couple years. But I just wanted to say that I saw on Twitter, the general Twitter population, if you will, seems to be not in favor of this and giving her a lot of grief and whatnot. And it's totally fine if people don't necessarily like this outfit. But like Steph said, it's supposed to be extravagant. It's supposed to be out there. That's kind of the purpose of the Met Gala. Nobody's just going to go to the Met Gala wearing a simple dress. Especially since this year she's the co-chair of it. She's supposed to set the standard for the whole event. Yeah, absolutely. So I think her dress here is perfectly appropriate. It's different, which it's supposed to be, and I think it served the purpose well. Well, it's interesting, too, to look back at all the other Met Gala dresses as well, because some of them are really elegant and nice and, you know, absolutely gorgeous on her. And other ones are like, I'm thinking, I want to say this was 2013, uh, similar to this in the fact that it's kind of dark and edgy and that type of thing. It's interesting to see that over the years. Well, in that year that you're talking about, Nate, Taylor wore a black dress. It had some paneling in it, and that year the theme... From what I remember, it was sort of like a punk theme. I remember that, right? Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, wow, Taylor really nailed that theme with that dress. So I think it's sort of like a game if you're actually attending this where you do your best to match the theme. Yep, you're exactly right, Steph. The theme in 2013 was punk, chaos to couture. Okay, I thought that was it. And she just looked really punky, but really elegant all at the same time. Yeah, she pulled it off really well. And some of these other photos, when Taylor first attended the Met Gala, she wore a, again, kind of metallic-y, but gold dress. And it was a little two-toned. The top portion of the dress was lighter, and then the bottom was a, a darker gold. And very sparkly, Taylor with her curly hair. And the theme that year was superheroes, fashion, and fantasy. I can see that. It's really hard for me to pick a favorite from past years because there were so many that I really love. So another favorite of mine that was from when she attended in 2010 and she wore a white Ralph Lauren gown, which was very elegant and simple. It was sort of just a white flowy kind of form-fitting gown that goes to the floor and is a little bit off the shoulder and she still had her long curly hair and it was sort of pinned up and she had a classic red lip. And I just think it's really pretty. It reminds me of her love story dress that she wore on the Red Tour. Yeah, it does. I agree. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that one is really nice. Yeah, and the theme for that Ralph Lauren dress was American Woman Fashioning a National Identity. I think that worked well for that theme too. 
It's kind of like Marilyn Monroe, kind of. Exactly, yeah. Kind of like vintage-y. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That was a good pick. Well, the next one from the, the next year is definitely my favorite. This one was from 2011. And Taylor, she has her hair kind of back in like a, a really elegant bun, it looks like. Anyway, the dress is gold and it has a really interesting pattern on it. And uh, it has some ruffles down at the bottom and it kind of has a lot of body to the dress. It's kind of cool. Anyway, I think it looks really nice. It's really elegant. She has some, you know, some matching accessories, jewelry, earrings, if you will. <laughs> anyway, but the whole thing looks really cool. I don't know what the theme is, actually. Adam, I don't know if, if you got it. Yes, it was Alexander McQueen, Savage Beauty. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. I like whatever that pattern is. It's just really interesting on that. Kind of like a forest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. Well, then in 2013 was the one that we already mentioned. The black dress with the paneling was for the punk theme. And then my personal favorite was from 2014. The infamous pink Oscar de la Renta dress that Meredith tried to attack. And... The theme for that year was Charles James Beyond Fashion. And I just thought this dress was just gorgeous. It's Oscar de la Renta. It's pink and it has all the sparkly detail and the gorgeous train with the huge bow in the back. It's one of my favorite dresses she's worn. I like the color on that dress. I think it fits her really well. Just that light hue of pink. Yeah, I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like that color matches the how you get the girl dress pretty well. Right, it does. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I saw people joking on Twitter. Someone had made an edit saying, this is Taylor's dress for fashion in the age of technology. And it was the how you get the girl light up dress. <laughs> <laughs> she should have done that. That would have been awesome. Someone actually did have a light up dress. I don't remember now who it was tonight. But yeah, that definitely would have worked. They took it from Taylor. They had to have. So, Ashley and Adam, which dress is your favorite? This is honestly, it's hard for me. I guess if I had to say, it's a strong tie between 2010 and 2014. I guess I would go with 2014 only because that dress survived being attacked by Meredith. (laughs) And I think my favorite, and like you guys said, it's hard to pick, but I really like the 2011 Jay Mandel. And I think the reason I like it is because you got to see a hairstyle that you don't see often and in that year she had her hair pulled back and you know in most of the other ones it's just the regular curls or kind of like a a part bang from 2014 but in this one and you guys might be able to describe it better than me but it's pulled back and tied together behind her head and it it looks good it does you know like a bun kind of yeah i agree i think this is the best one yeah it's interesting you say that because i think during that time frame, people were starting to, of course, because everybody loves to criticize Taylor, but people were starting to complain about her hair because she kept wearing <laughs> it sort of the same to award shows. It was sort of just always down and curly. And I just remember noticing everybody was complaining about her hair. And then she started pulling it up. And I, yeah, I really like that hairstyle too. And the same with the punk theme in 2013. She had her hair half up half down which is something she very rarely does so i liked that too but yeah the met gala seems like a cool event and it was pretty neat that taylor was able to be a co-chair of the event this year i think it's a pretty important position at this event and obviously 
this event is the premier fashion event of the year, it seems like. It's all over places like E! News and Twitter, and it's a big deal. So it's cool that she was able to be such a big part of it this year. But yeah, let us know what you guys think. Did you like this silver metallic dress? Did you not like it? Uh, we didn't touch too much on her hair this week because it's the same as it has been for a couple weeks now, but let us know what you guys thought. You can reach us in a variety of ways. On Twitter, we are at SwiftCast13. On Tumblr, SwiftCast13.tumblr.com. On Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13. Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. You can email us, TheSwiftCast13 at gmail.com. And of course, you can visit our website, which is SwiftCast13.com. And as a reminder, please subscribe to us on iTunes, and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. And also, we'd love it if you guys gave us a review on iTunes. And we've been doing this a little bit lately. If you leave us a review, we can give you a shout-out on the next episode. So to wrap up this week, what do you guys think Taylor will do next week? Well, we predicted last week that there would be a new Apple ad out by today. So now that I'm saying this, I think there probably will be one tomorrow since we're recording right now. And then we won't get to talk about it with you until the next episode, which will be sad. But I still think there's one coming, and I'm convinced it's a playlist for driving. I think within the next week, in tandem with a couple of things, in tandem with still 1989 being her most recent album, with all the metallic things we've been seeing lately and the edgy kind of things, I think Taylor will be photographed at one of these crazy events doing the moonwalk. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> She'll learn the moonwalk. She'll do the moonwalk. It's going to be fantastic. I know you guys agree. <laughs> Maybe she'll do it at the BMI Awards because the only other artist who's ever had an award named after him or her was Michael Jackson. That would be so perfect. <laughs> that would be so good. She can moonwalk onto the stage. Well, I think that as the one-year anniversary of the 1989 World Tour kicking off will be on May 5th, Taylor will give us a tweet which will be some type of video, either reminiscing about the tour or maybe giving us a little bit of a peek behind the scenes. I know we've seen a couple things throughout the 1989 World Tour Live and then the New Romantics music video, but I think maybe she'll just acknowledge it on May 5th and say, you know, the 1989 tour kicked off a year ago and talk about how awesome it was. That'd be cool. I hope so. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 153 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Ashley. Steph. And Nate. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. See ya. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.